is Wee Natter. I'm Mark Steele. And across the table from me is... Jenny Steele. And we are joining you on the week that I sold my services on a street corner. Mm. Yeah, I was out with a pasting table and everything uh, just outside the co-op. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Nobody was buying. That's, it. <laughs> that's when you know you're really in trouble. You're out there selling your services and uh, nobody's interested. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Why that's... was nobody interested? Well, because it was probably because it was me. Oh. They, they, they looked at what was on the table and they saw the emptiness. And then they looked at me and went, oh, no, I can't put up with that. <laughs> I, I moved on. I imagine that's what happened. Uh, but all, in more positive news, the post bag has arrived and we're going to go not one, but two episodes back. Yes. Because we've got uh, delayed postage. Yes. Put us, yes. And uh, we asked the question, what have you lost interest in that you used to love? Mm-hmm. Slap Ups has been in touch, saying politics for me. I used to follow it like sport and delve deep into the history of all, knew all the ministers, but now it's just meh, the same with the news as well, I feel. Yeah, I agree. You agree? Mm. Yeah. Well, to me, politics types, the people that are really into politics, I kind of like people that are really into sports. Mm. They get properly nerdy about it and they all think they're better managers as well. <laughs> they, they all think they could do a better job than whoever's running the football team or whoever's <laughs> running the politics team. So I'm wondering, do we need like a football manager or like a FIFA 2023 for politics? Yeah. And you could build your fantasy team as as well. You know, you could have like Thatcher and Blair on the same team. Oh, God. <laughs> it might it'd be interesting to see how it played out. Mm. <laughs> I don't think it'd be well, but interesting to see how it played out. But uh, going to go forward in time now, dear listeners. So we went two episodes back there. We're now going to go forward to one episode back where we asked the question, what do you not want to see disappear. Mm. Not what you want rid of yesterday. What do you not want to see disappear from Britain? Well, whether it's British life or your life in general. Matthew Summers being in touch saying, taking heavy books on holiday instead of replacing them all with a Kindle. Uh-huh. Books take up too much valuable space and weight in my luggage, in my opinion, he said. But they're so much better than an electronic device. Mm. And I agree until you do what I do, which is forget the charger. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, no amount of electronic device is going to help you. You've got nothing to read on your holidays at that point. Uh, age has also been in touch saying, the house I grew up in. My dad's still there, but I fear the next year or two, it'll have to be sold to fund retirement home. Then if it's on par with the street, it'll be knocked down and rebuilt as free townhouses. Oh. Well, if you're worried about that, don't invite me. Free <laughs> out of 15... I had a look at my CV, right? Free yeah. out of the 15 places I've worked at, I've closed down or shrunk considerably. <laughs> oh, yeah. And here's one that you don't think about. If if somewhere closes down, so you mm-hmm. get the announcement that uh, blah blah whether it's a shop or an office or whatever it is, is it's closing down. Mm-hmm. The staff will stop working and you'll go in the next day and it's as if they... There's a holiday or something. Because there'll still be everything there. Yeah. And you might even leave jackets and things like that. It's sort of weirdly abandoned. Mm. I've had to go in to do that a couple of times. One of them was for Leicester Sound and the other one was De Montfort Uni in Leicester for like oh, wow. uh, Where the building had been closed down mm. and you know the, the business had been moved out. But we still had to take all the electrical and the, all the IT equipment out. And it's proper weird and spooky being in there like that. If you've not done it before, I can recommend a website. I probably shouldn't, but 28 Days Later. Yeah, that's good. uh, Make sure you search for the, what's it called, Urban Exploration one. Yeah. The one where they break onto places that you're not supposed to go. (laughs) And it's got got wonderful pictures, including a complete set of pictures of the coal mine that we live on top of before they flattened all the buildings. Yeah, interesting. I spent hours Mm. looking at that stuff. Mm. 
And I'm looking at these photos where it's all abandoned on mm. his website. And it's exactly the same eerie feeling. Like, it's just like everyone's disappeared. Yeah. It's spooky. It's weird. Uh, slap ups is also being touching. Any more trees or green spaces? Too many are destroyed nowadays. Mm. The reason uh, that more buildings are needed. We need to promote the importance of nature for our species' future. That's a, it's a very ecological message there, which I, yeah. I, I, I must admit, I do get on board with, and I must give a disclaimer, we do live in a fairly new property, but it is <laughs> on a brownfield site. Yeah. If they hadn't built houses on it, which, because be? there is a need for houses, let's, let's be honest, mm. we do need houses. If they hadn't built houses on it, it would have been left as a, a bit of an industrial wasteland. Mm. And they're turning a, a good part of it into sort of semi-maintained heathland as well. That will be, And I've been looking at the ecological report, because when you buy a house, it turns out you need to know every single little detail about all the, deta- all the deals that have gone beforehand and whatnot. Mm. And I've seen the complete ecological plan for the site. It goes on and on. All sorts of things you wouldn't think of. Yeah. Everything for, you know, the obvious stuff like swift and bat boxes too. I don't know, species of newts and all sorts of little creatures that you you didn't probably never heard of before before you saw them written in the paperwork. Yeah. But they need a house as well. So they've got all these cunning plans for houses. But I, I know what you're saying there, slap-ups. You know, how we don't need properties everywhere. Mm. We need them in the right places. And we probably ought to fill the gaps in and Brownfield and all that first. Mm. That, that, that's got to be your driver. But yeah, we do need to think more about the, the ecological impact of what we do in the world. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I got rid of one of our cars. But it'd be yeah, nice to get rid of the second one, but the, the joys, the <laughs> joys of British life. <laughs> yeah, the joys of British life. You, you, the, the bus just doesn't turn up. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Um, although if we're talking about nature, one that just popped to mind, and I don't know if you've been to Nottingham before, dear listener. I, I was about to say I can't recommend it, but I'll get slapped across the head <laughs> for that one because I've got a native next to me. Uh, but Nottingham City Centre, there is an old... Would you say 60s or 70s shopping centre called Broadmarsh? 70s it was. It was the home of the only wimpy I've ever been to. Yeah. Until only a couple of years ago. And they, go, they basically half flattened it, ran out of money, and the whole thing came to a grinding halt. So political disaster. Well, ignore the political disaster. But the important bit is mm-hmm. they're talking about turning it into a, a great big green space. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, in the middle of... Mm. In the middle of urban space in front of a car park, a bus station, <laughs> and uh, what used to be Index, you're now going to have a, a, nice, a, a, nice, a nice lovely green space in yeah. the middle of it. So I'm on board with that sort of stuff. Mm. I, you know, I am on board with that. But I must say, I have noticed I'm getting more angry with the world. <laughs> when I'm when I talk about these things, you hear a deal, I hear a deal, I know something's just snapped. I, know, I have no idea what it was. Just, someone just snapped one day and I went, hang on a minute. Why am I putting up with this nonsense? Yeah. I wonder if that's how, has that happened to you? Yeah, I'm putting up with nonsense on my garden. <laughs> nonsense it is. Nonsense. I need turf. Not grassy, turf. Oh, you're you're in that argument, are mm. you? Well, well you, know, you know, if you're talking about ecological, grass isn't the best option. I'm having grass. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the downside is getting all angry. Is apparently got high blood pressure. When I went to the, oh, when I went to the GP, they, they, told, they told me I've not enough vitamin D, so I need to get actually go out and touch some grass. Apparently, that's the that's the advice they give you nowadays. Touch some grass. Go out and touch some grass. Yeah, that means go outside <laughs> <laughs> and uh, stop getting angry with the world. So we're going to calm down and have a wee natter. 
So while I was out selling my services on a street corner at the weekend, which is quite a way to start yeah. a conversation, isn't it? There was this noisy car that came down the road, dear listener. And why is it always, when you get a noisy car that comes down the road, it's a one-litre special with a big bean can on the back? Yeah, it is, yeah. There, there is a distinct difference between the fancy supercar, which is what people have up in their bedroom wall and mm-hmm. the posters and things like that, <laughs> and what you can actually afford when you turn 17, 18, whatever it is when you first pass your... 70, maybe, when yeah. you first pass your test. It's very different, but... I've never got the whole thing of then trying to recreate it with your one litre special. I, 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 it's like, well, I know I can't have that, so I'll sort of badger and bodge my way towards it, and yeah. it'll maybe be a little bit cooler. But it did got me wondering when I saw that going past, what is the most uncool car you've ever owned? I don't think I've ever owned an uncool car. I've had a MG Metro. Um, well, you fiestas. see, M- MG Metros yeah. and Fiestas. So Fiestas just sort of middle of the road. Yeah, it's it, it's in Mondeo Man territory in my mind. That's that's where Escort. it sits. Ford Escort. I can't remember what mark it was. Mm. It wasn't one of the really old ones. And um, things about it really, apart from this capture that I've got now. So I wonder if I've ever owned an uncool car. I have owned many uncool cars. I've been in uncool cars, but I've never owned one. Well, I've owned many uncool cars over the years because certainly when I wasn't in the place in my career I am now, Mm. I was buying at the bottom end of the market, you know, the couple hundred quid special that'll Mm. maybe reach the next MOT. We'll see what happens. That's the sort of stuff I was buying. I was usually the last owner before it went into the scrap. (laughs) That's your dad now, though, isn't it? He's still into that. I I, I don't Mm. get it because this is, I'm not making this bit up, dear listener. So he buys a second-hand car for a couple hundred... It's a hobby to him, mm. basically. He buys it. He's not into fixing the cars or anything. No. He just wants a different car to drive with some regularity. And again, at the end, the market means they're cheap. And also, you know, they'll go to scrap and somebody's getting a bit more life of it. Mm. So that, that's the mindset he's got when he's buying them. And the garage he takes them to to get service, because he buys them, gets them serviced and drives them for a bit. The garage he takes them to is going, well, the money that he spends with, spend with us... Mm. He can buy a you know a, a top end car, no problem. Yeah, that never yeah. come to see us, but we're not going to complain. <laughs> that was the yeah. on it. But no, I, I've had a few uncool cars over the years. Uh, my first car was a Nissan Micra. Oh. Yeah, that was that for cool. And uh, the best bit: two crashes and two nights on the trot. Oh wow! None <laughs> of them my fault. Genuinely, somebody came into the back of me one night, and the next night somebody clipped me going the other direction. <laughs> And because they hit the back of the car, and it's a hatchback, apparently that counts as a door. I've never seen anyone get in or out of a hatchback, but according to the MOT, that is a door, so it failed. So I had to to scrap that one. But it's not the least cool car I've ever owned. That award goes to... We almost need a drum roll for this. (laughs) That is your low-budget drum roll. The Suzuki Wagoner... Plus. Oh, yeah, they're gross. Which is a... I, I hate to call it a granny car, <laughs> but I owned it as a student. A nan car. I, it was literally <laughs> scrapped to get... Cobbled together money as a student because I needed a car for my job. Because, mm. funnily enough, when you're at university, you don't have enough money to actually pay the bills. You have to go out <laughs> yeah. and get a job as well. That, that's what it was like for me when I was studying. So I had this Suzuki Wagon R Plus. It lasted a grand total of... Two weeks. 
That would be generous. <laughs> 48 hours oh, before I was halfway round a roundabout and the gearbox exploded. And it stopped moving. <laughs> I think it was trying to send me a message at that point. So I'm going to open this Beyond Cars to you, listener. Have you ever owned anything you'd call uncool? How about you, Jenny? Um, no, I, don't, I can't think of anything uncool. Nothing you look back on now and go, oh my God, I own one of them. No, no. I've got an eye for fashion and, you know, things that look quite nice around and I'm good at looking at aesthetics and stuff. Not anesthetics, aesthetics. Well, t- t- going looking for anesthetics on a Saturday night is a very, <laughs> very different lifestyle, so I, 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 I wasn't able to assume it. I suppose some of the clothes you used to wear, maybe you look back and you think, oh, why did I buy that? Anything in particular? Maybe rah-rah skirts at the time. Rah-rah skirts? I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd have to Google that, or you'd have to explain Hairstyles, to Hairstyles, I guess, when you used to have the perm, when the perms was, was in. Everybody wanted a, a perm, but you wanted like a shaggy perm, but it used to come out really tight. Uh, aren't a lot of blokes getting perms Yeah, I've noticed that. Short right back and sides and then curly hair on the top. Ah, that's what the they youth. call... Apparently, the term for that is the broccoli haircut. Oh, right. Because you, you look like... One. You look like broccoli because you've got the curly <laughs> bit on the top and you got it's all straight down the sides, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's how they came up with that one. And I, I have seen somebody genuinely, oh, what was it? They, they're running around with a mullet recently. Mm. You're in the 2020s and you've got a mullet. That, you've mm. made some interesting decisions in your <laughs> life if that's where you've gone. But so I'm going to open this up to you, dear listener. What have you ever owned that you look back on now and go, yeah, that wasn't cool, was it? Uh, the way to get in touch, if you're listening on Spotify at the top of the episode, you can bash the question and stick your answer in there. Magic occurs. Your other option on the socials at Solid Radio UK or at Solid Sooty. And tell us about the things that you cringe about nowadays. How many people are going to say God and Gnome? I don't know if they're cool or uncool. <laughs> we'll leave that to you, dear listener. Mm. So it turns out, in case you've not noticed, dear listener, that the Scots are already on their summer jollies. Yeah. The back-to-school aisles are already open in the supermarkets. <laughs> yeah. Jenny's sitting down going, come on, come on, get back to school, I you am, wee bandits. I am. Ugh, hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is one upside that you get with the summer holidays. Yes, you get all the kids and families turning up everywhere because everyone has to take holiday at the same time. Mm. But one of the positives is you have to work... Traffic's amazing. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Do all the kids drive to school in the mornings or <laughs> what's going on? But yes, and the important bit is the English kids are getting unleashed soon and some of the better off ones will be bailing out the country. Yeah. Heading straight for foreign lands. Mm. I get it. If you've seen Weather last week, dear listener, <laughs> yeah. totally understand. Although I must say, myself and Jenny as well, don't leave the country too often, do we? No. Not no. very often. You, you went on your first foreign jolly earlier this year. We did, yeah. First time you've been to a proper foreign land. Proper foreign land. Proper foreign land. <laughs> Not my first time, no. no. I must say, no, no, no. I went when I was a kid, so young I couldn't remember, and it was mainly because family were out in Cyprus mm. and things like that. But... I do remember a trip to the US when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. which is a strange place to go as a teenager, but <laughs> it was a, one of those exchange trip things. Mm. It had been organised between the air cadets and the Civil Air Patrol. Yeah. So it, it got off to a cracking start. We, we were on the minibus. We turn up at uh, Glasgow Airport and Iceland Air turn around and go, oh, well, um, plane's broken. Oh. It's going to be a while before we get spare parts, get it up and running again, rah, rah, rah. Upshot of that, 
eight hours in Glasgow Airport. <laughs> There's only so many times you can go around duty free. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it, it does wear thin after mm. a little while. Then we get to finally get on a flight and get to Reykjavik. We were supposed to spend eight hours in Iceland. That mm. didn't happen because we spent eight hours in Glasgow Airport. So instead, we spent 15 minutes legging it from gate to gate so we'd catch our connection. <sighs> so for legging it between the gates, you got to imagine it didn't all go to plan, did it? Mm. We think it's going to plan at this point. But we get on the plane, go to our next hop. Arrive in Boston. Not the one in Lincoln. <laughs> the one in Yankistan, over on the east coast of the United States. Get off the plane and you're like, okay... You get through passport control, which with the, the Americans is always fun and games. They're, they're very serious about it. Although mm. the moment you mention you've got any connection to something vaguely military, they get very excited and just let you straight through. Oh. <laughs> that, that is my pro tip for getting through US border security. <laughs> yeah. Have some weird, even tenuous connection to military service and they will get excited and just let you through. <laughs> that, that's how I managed to get in and that seemed, it seemed to work all right on that. So get through border. Now you get to the carousel. Mm. The bit where the luggage goes round and round and round. You're like, okay, this, this is going to take a little while. It's a big plane, a lot of people to offload. Totally understand it. It's just sitting there and you're watching the luggage going round and round. And the carousel's only so long, so you start to see the same bags over <laughs> and over and over. And it gets to the point where there's no bags left. And I'm still sitting there standing there going, where's my, where's my baggage gone? This isn't right. So I ended up having to go to... Go to the desk to say, well, uh, you've not brought my luggage across. Where it's gone walkies on, my, uh, on the mm. trip between Glasgow and Boston. Something's gone, <laughs> something's gone awry here. Yeah. And when I'm waiting in the queue, and this was a trip with the air, air train course. So was, we had some staff along with us, mm. sort of chaperoning and whatnot, because we're still, we're still teen, we weren't young, but still teenagers. Mm. So, they, you know, they wanted somebody looking after us. And I don't know whether it was jet lag or whatever, but they, 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 they blurted out when I was in the queue, Oh, I'm glad it was you that lost your luggage. Charming. <laughs> That's what I thought, Charming. And then they realised what they said. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> uh, it's, be, it's because if it was anyone else, they would have had it properly freaked out, and I know, now I know you can deal with it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thanks for that. Okay, fine. Whatever. So we file our complaint, and we go, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll ship, we'll ship it on to you. But we've got... We've got a minibus to catch up to Maine, so mm. uh, we can't hang around too long. Um, so they're going to ship. They're going to ship it up when when it eventually arrives in the country. But until then, I've only got an overnight bag because mm. you put all, most of your clothes in your main luggage, don't yeah. you? Yeah. So it's like, all right, where where am I going to get clothes from? And the, the thing that springs to mind is ah, Walmart. It's the only shop you think about in the United States is oh 7-Eleven or Walmart you ain't mm. going to get clothes out of 7-Eleven so it's going to be Walmart <laughs> so I get into Walmart and my jet lag brain or you know tired brain or whatever it is at that point you know properly messed up is sitting there going alright it's all George Asda labelled stuff mm. brilliant okay it's the same stuff we get in the UK because the styles look the same and all that so and I thought right I need to get some underwear so I thought, all right, oh, yeah, there we go. There's some briefs. I'll grab those. And in the UK, I'm usually L, L or an XL. <laughs> and so that, that is the logic I went into this with. Yeah. It's only when I got back to our accommodation, when I opened the packet, and it said George underwear on it, same that you'd get here <laughs> in the United Kingdom. No, yeah. no difference on the packaging. All it said was XL. And I was like, okay, pull out. 
I could have used it as a parachute. <laughs> it was that big. I, I, I could have had a teammate in with me in the pair of underwear. It was, <laughs> it was that big. So there's your other pro tip if you're traveling to the United States. The sizes don't match with you. Even when the brands match, the sizes don't yeah, necessarily match. <laughs> I, did, I did eventually get my luggage back and I had a bit of fun on the return trip, which I'll tell you about later. But there, there you go. All that, all for a bit of underwear. <laughs> And if you want to avoid that, my advice for you, dear listener, if you want to avoid that on your summer jollies, because you've got the kids, it's all everyone's gone off on holiday at the same time, camping trip in the UK. Yeah. You can't lose your underwear there, can you? <laughs> I don't know. Well, unless some sheep eat them, I don't know. <laughs> Do you remember last week when I said I'm open to any requests for inventions? Mm. Somebody's been in touch, Samantha Palmer, mm-hmm. saying I was listening to the latest episode of said podcast, yeah. this fine podcast, and Mark was talking about inventions when I was feeding my cat Misty. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to get the last of her wet food out of those pouches with a teaspoon. Ah. It, that's a very formal way of getting things yeah, out of her. I just squeeze mine out. I yeah. never get it all out. She's right. Samantha, here's, here's a question. Are you the sort of person that eats pizza with a knife and fork? Well, she may be or may not, but you do. <laughs> Only occasionally. It's not, it's not, you know, if I get a takeaway pizza, I'm not sitting there with a knife and fork. If it's like a, a whole fancy one that you've got out of Marks and Sparks or whatever that you've cooked in the oven, mm. you know what? I'm not going to sit there cutting it into slices. I'll just eat it with a knife and fork. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's... It depends on the situation. But yeah, I shouldn't be making accusations. You're right. Mm. Uh, but yes, back to Samantha's message. I was always end up leaving little bits at the bottom, no matter how much I try to get them out. Could Mark come up with an invention to get those last little bits and the remains of the gravy, which is Misty's favourite part of the pouch contents, out? She always licks a spoon before eating her food. Oh. <laughs> Not just wanting a bit of wet stuff, a bit of gravy, a bit of, yeah. you know, something to get it down the gullet better. <laughs> it's got to be fresh gravy. That's, that's the important. Fresh gravy. <laughs> so I've been thinking long and hard about this. So I've been considering the problem. And, I've, you know, I've got, I've got to make sure we're on the same page. So we're talking about cat food pouches, mm. which if you've got a dog, dog food pouches are the same, but a bit bigger. Yeah. Uh, although, which is stinkier? Dog food or cat food? I don't know. Only one way to find out. No, <laughs> I'm not going to do the Harry Hill thing. And that would properly stink if we did a dog versus cat food fight. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so you're getting a... A pouch of it. You, if you're not familiar with pet food dealers now, mm. the way I would describe it is a bit like um, cup of soup or something like that. But <laughs> just imagine you get a cup of soup in a sachet, yeah. but just imagine it's wet in there as well. Yeah. That would be the, probably the best way of describe it. So I, I've come up with a few ideas. My, now, my first one was a little round of explosives and a bit of string at the bottom. <laughs> You know, just like a party popper. Yeah. So you need to feed your cat. You get the, you get one out of the pouch. You aim it towards the bowl. And then you yank on it and poof, <laughs> the, the, the food's all in the bowl. <laughs> what could go wrong with that? <laughs> Other than I did try to get a hold of, uh, you know, what are they called? Cherry bombs, the little um, firecrackers. Oh, yeah. I thought, I, I need to give this a test. Yeah. Turns out you can't get a hold of them for love nor money. Oh. So uh, I've probably stopped myself burning my house down. Mm. So we did thought about that one, but you got problems with aiming, and also you don't want to be giving Doris a heart attack every time she feeds <laughs> her cat. We've got enough problems with getting, you know, getting ambulances to people's doors at the moment. We don't want to be adding to it. So the other one is... Thinking about toothpaste. Mm. So how, how do you deal with toothpaste? You 
You squeeze at the bottom and you roll yeah. it up, don't you? Mm. Unless you're Jenny, dear listener, you yeah. just squeeze in the middle and hope for the best. Squeeze anyway. You're a proper wronging when it comes to toothpaste. <laughs> so I thought, right, okay, it's all about the squeeze. So next next thought, get a mangle, stick a mortar on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, right, I just need to get hold of my mangle now. Mm, Can't be can't. possible, can it? <laughs> I raided well, cool boys and even Amazon looking for a mangle. Nothing. Nothing. I, I am ordering parts, but I, I did manage to simulate it with a pasta mangle. Did you? Yeah, it's slightly different shape. Mm-hmm. So it's still a mangling concept. Yeah. But there's a bit I forgot about with the pasta mangle that, that <laughs> happens with, you know, a, a, versus a cloving mangle. It tears the pouches to strips. Oh, oh. Because when it's making spaghetti, it's got, it's got little teeth on it. That, yeah. That, so it, it tears the pouches to strips. You get the food out of the pouch. But you get the pouch with it. <laughs> but it's mostly in the mangle. I don't think the cat wants to go licking the mangle. No. So it, it, it didn't work particularly well. So I'm going to make one of my own. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to get on the internet, order a couple of rolling pins, a couple of motors, <laughs> and uh, not a drop of cat food will be left in the sachet. Because <laughs> I, I imagine I'll end up ordering the wrong motors and it'll get launched across the room at 100 mile an hour. Yeah. To, to get ahead of it, I should probably cancel my order for lawnmower engines. <laughs> I know I probably already know the answer to this question for you, dear listener, you, Jenny, as well, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Have you ever done something and thought, this isn't a good idea. Um, yeah, eating loads of cream cakes. Oh, everyone has moments like that. I mean, one that pops to mind, off the back of that airport story we were talking about earlier. Yeah. On my return trip, I just chucked everything into my suit, uh, into my carry-on my suitcase and just went, you know what, we'll deal with it in the UK. Yeah. That was a bit of a mistake because I put my first aid kit in my carry-on. Right. So you put it you put it onto the security conveyor belt, they put it put it through the x-ray, and it's whoop whoop, come over here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 funnily enough, America's very tetchy about security on aeroplanes. Mm, Can't think why, I but they're very, very tetchy about it. And uh, they they were very upset. And they, I had to explain to them in as much detail as I could exactly where a sharp object was that I packed. <laughs> yeah. And it was the pair of safety scissors they use for a first aid kit. If you managed to take over a plane with those, I'd be very impressed. <laughs> it can't, you'd hardly cut through dressings, never mind anything else. But I was, I had this very irate security guard. Now I've got to try and explain exactly where it is in the bag. In a bag that I rush packed. So I've got no idea where it is in the bag. Oh. And if I can't tell them, they don't trust me. Oh, it was, it was quite bad. But compared to one story I heard from the Civil Air Patrol person when it was over there, which I'll admit is a bit of an apocryphal story. I, I don't know how true it is, but apparently they borrowed a satchel from, or, you know, one of those. I, I suppose the way to think about it would be like your Slashinger hold-all bag. Mm. If you can imagine one of those, mm. it's like the US Air Force green military version of that. Right. So they borrowed one of those off the US Air Force and uh, checked it in on the airplane and went and started walking towards security. Mm. About three seconds later, the alarms were going off, klaxons and they're getting shouted at to get down and <laughs> getting detained and all that. Turned out the ba- the uh, satchel had previously been used to carry explosives. Oh, God. So <laughs> I had residue all over it, so it triggered alarms all over the shop. But again, this is an apocryphal story. I don't know how mm. true it is, but I did hear it from somebody over there. And the reason I'm asking the question, if I've ever done something I thought it's not a good idea, is because of a certain Mr. Musk. Mm. What's, he, what's he famous for at the moment? Twitter. Which he's burning a lot of cash on. Yes. That, that seems mm. to be his cunning plan at the moment. I think, I think he actually posted something online saying, ad revenue's down 50%. Yeah. Oh, my heart bleeds. 
and I'm not. Are you surprised that ad revenue is down fifty percent? No, no. I, I can't say I am. Mm. He seems to be the only person in the world surprised by it. <laughs> uh, but he's been doing this unique, different, very. Uh, some would say positive. Some would be say very negative approach to mm. running Twitter. Who do you think has actually come out and endorsed his way of running Twitter? Has endorsed his approach. Somebody's actually come out and said, "You know what? This is a really good thing." <laughs> Whoever it is, I've, it probably is a worst character in reality. I'd Rishi. <laughs> Rishi Sunak. No, no, Mr. Sunak. Mr. Sunak's too busy with other stuff. No, no, it's not him. Mark Zuckerberg. It is not Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg thinks that uh, Twitter's so much nonsense he's going to build his own one. Oh, yeah, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. So it can't be him. It is. Bojo. It's not Bojo. It's nothing to do with politics, nothing to do with technology. <laughs> well, actually, maybe, I suppose you could start saying it, politics in one country. Your nan, <laughs> she's risen from the dead. Oh, to, it's, it's, it's not Trump, is it? It is not Trump. Trump, Trump I could get my head around. Trump, mm. I could understand. Mm. It's the Taliban. <laughs> the Taliban spokesperson's oh. come out and gone, you know what, I did all this way that you're running Twitter is brilliant. I love it. <laughs> it was a cracking endorsement. You know, even the Yorkshire Ripper, <laughs> I, you could have shrugged it off and gone, you know what, all right, fair play. I see where it's coming from. So uh, tune in next week when Satan reveals the winner in Twitter versus Fred's. <laughs> So they can all be on. We've got Musk in one corner, Zook in the other. Which is better? Only one way to find out. <laughs> no, I'm not going to rip off Harry Hill. I'll let you do it instead, dear listener. <laughs> that was, unfortunately, we Natter. I can only apologise. I was Mark Steele. Across the table from me was... Jenny Steele. And the important bit to do is, if you enjoyed this fine podcast and wish to get it delivered directly to your internet thingy-bob device, whatever yeah, it is you happen to be listening to, <laughs> every time a new one is, I don't want to say defecated out of our uh, minds, but uh, delivered from this fine place that we generate podcasts from. Yeah. Then all you got to do is hit the subscribe button in your podcatcher of choice. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the magic occurs and you will get a new episode every time it is released. You look like you're about to say something. Yeah, I want to dedicate this episode to Hamlet, to people may know Hamlet used to advertise Solid Country used to belong to Stephen Hall. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, Hamlet went to Rainbow Bridge on Friday, the 14th of July. So we'll all remember him here on Sutty the Solid Radio Cats Facebook page. That's some lovely, lovely messages. And I'd like to dedicate this to Hamlet and obviously thinking of Stephen at this time. So while you are getting your house redecorated because it's the summer and you decide you you need to improve it, you can have that churning away in your mind you could be having that moment of remembering but while you get your home redecorated and your professional drying paint watcher is there let them know we natter on the podcast yeah. that's all we're going to ask you to do dear listener and that note catch you next time bye <laughs>